0: Gone to the Dogs, your fortnightly dose of Greyhound racing interviews, insights, and a whole lot more. With your hosts, Joe Andrews and Danny Jackson.
1: Episode six.
0: Can't believe
2: it. <clears throat> Welcome to episode six of Gone to the Dogs. I'm Danny Jackson and I've been joined as ever by my co-host.
1: Joe, hello everybody. How you doing? Danny, you well?
2: I've had better weeks, Joe. I can honestly say the dog has been not well. The other half has been not well. I've been worked to the bone and um, I've got a cold now. So, okay. Should we just just stop the
1: podcast now? I think we should. Just go back to bed.
2: Yeah. Like, subscribe, enjoy.
1: (laughs) Well, hopefully, hopefully the podcast and our interviews will, will perk you up this week.
2: Well, I'll tell you what got me through last week where all of the Cat 1 winners that we had because the weekend just absolutely flew by with them i think we'll start with friday night and romford because mark wallace and patty ansons had two very very nice winners
1: they did yeah as you say an an array of cat one finals what a long weekend um the coral golden sprint went to droop is good in track one Brilliant performance. He's done it at Romford plenty of of times um, and he did it on the big night here. Um, So congratulations to Droop is good. And now he's been retired. He's gone out on a high and I think he's looking for his forever sofa. So uh, congratulations and he deserves his rest.
2: He does. Um, So if you fancy Droop is good, get on the phone. Maybe he would be a great addition to your sofa, not yours. I think
1: he would. (laughs) superstar on your sofa how's that cat one winner and what about the coral coronation cup danny antigua sugar she's not bad is she
2: i absolutely love antigua sugar she's one of my favorite bitches of all time she's an absolute joy to watch and especially from the striped jacket as well she just was through the field i mean yeah she's just a joy to watch every time i see her i think wow mark wallace you've got an absolutely cracking bitch there and she's done it again I think was that eight in a row? I think seven in a row.
1: It was seven or eight in a row. And whether it's seven or eight, that is some feat for a Greyhound to win that many races in a row, especially at the level she's been running at. So um, yeah, fantastic. I'm not sure what the plan is next, but I can't wait to see her.
2: Absolutely cannot wait. And we continued on Friday with the Star Sports Galaxy Marathon at Oxford. And Stephen Rayner had the big winner on the night.
1: Yeah, nighttime, Danny. Uh, all the trap one was was coming, but 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 he just held on. So congratulations to Stephen Rayner, and it was a crazy sort of twenty minutes on RPG TV with free cat on finals one after the other. Uh, doesn't get much better than that. Superb, but yeah. it didn't end there because on Saturday we had the Premier Greyhound Racing Poppy Derby final, and what a race that was!
2: Oh my word, I mean he had Coolio Gold in two, Lynx Maverick in four, and Brady's bullet down the center of them. Now, I was saying on William Hill TV, because the boys had gone against me, they'd gone either side. And I said, Brady's bullet, I think he's gonna come late on the scene and nick it. I think those two were gonna take each other on at Maverick and Coolio, and they did, and he did. He just nicked it on the line. And I just think for a one so young to win like that. I think he's got a massive, massive future. I think they've all three of them got a massive future. But I think the fact that he can come from off the pace, I wouldn't be surprised if they chucked him over six bends, maybe.
1: Yeah, possibly. I mean, I'd imagine a derby tilt is in in the reckoning. But as you said, I mean, he did a 450 sectional, which is very average. And then even on the second bend, it was he last or second last. Mm. And he just, he finished, Amazing. I mean, you don't see wins like that at Monmoor very often. It's a speed track. It favours front runners. Um, so to do what he did, and he and he did twenty-eight nineteen as well. The time from where he was was, was incredible. I was there Saturday night at Monmoor. The atmosphere was fantastic, you know, the performance was fantastic. Um and, and as you say, I mean, all six dogs have got a bright future. I really think Fearsome Quest in, in trap four, she'll mm-hmm. be a cracking staying bitch as well, you know, and and, and white clover and Clona your Oriel. Um If I said that right? Uriel is, uh, you know, to to get to a final like this is is class and and, and they're all going to be fantastic dogs for connections.
2: And the action didn't stop there because we rolled on to Monday and we had one of the most exciting puppies I have ever seen on a racetrack. Romeo Command for Patrick Janssens took the BGBF Breeders Stakes. Joe, this lad seems unstoppable.
1: Yeah, again, he's another one that's racked up um, a, a huge set of wins. Well, he's un, unbeaten over here, isn't he? Not not been beaten yet, and it, and he won it pretty comfortably. To be honest, it, you know, the odds of what was he four to one on in in the <laughs> final, and he was short enough anti post before, but he's he's done it really well. A very exciting dog. He's second favourite for the for the Greyhound Derby at the moment, and um, you know another very exciting puppy for the Firmingers. Um, who won it? Who won the derby last year, obviously, with Romeo Magico. And they've got a few great puppies that they've bred themselves. So exciting times. And it was it really was a great four days for ground racing. And if you can't get excited about that, get out.
2: <laughs> yeah, seriously, get out.
1: <laughs> Something no. for everyone. Mar- marathons, you know, puppies, oh. um, you know, amazing four-bend dogs, six-bend dogs, you know, clues for the derby. Brilliant.
2: And the best of British as well. Yeah, so absolutely cracking weekend. And this is what, you know, we live for in the sport. It's absolutely phenomenal. And I cannot wait to see, well, pretty much every dog we saw over the weekend in those big finals. Again, going to be cracking. Uh, right. Joe, any more news or anything that we have to appeal to the greater general greyhound public to do? For yeah.
1: Us? W- well, possibly, Danny. Well, I, I think there is something important. I mean, first, just uh, it was announced that, that Bresbet are going to be sponsoring the gym crack. Mm. Um, at Kinsley, which is great news. I know Bresbet do a lot, quite a bit of sponsorship. They're sponsoring the Easter Cup over in, in Ireland at the moment, but but having sponsors in, in ground racing, um, you know, should not, should not be sniffed at. So uh, thanks to Bresbet for, for sponsoring that, and it's good to see the gym crack uh, taking place. And the other thing that you just mentioned, Danny, was the the petition in Scotland, which is looking to end greyhound racing in in Scotland. The, the Scottish Animal Welfare Commission have just uh, published its report, but they're also asking for feedback. So the committee have asked for people's views on welfare of greyhounds used for racing in Scotland. Do you agree with the petition to ban it? And do you agree with the recommendations that the Scottish Animal Welfare Commission report made last time, which was, you know, we mentioned it on the podcast before, no new tracks to be built, um, you know, thing, things like that. So you can fill this form in online and give your feedback. I've done this already the other day, and I implore anyone um, that, that can, to do it. it it takes about well it depends how much detail you want to go into it take it can take five minutes you take you 15 minutes depending on what what thoughts you want to give but please give the viewpoint of people involved in greyhound racing involved in taking care of greyhounds and just involved with the sport in any level because there's people that don't know anything about it and aren't involved in it that are filling out this form now saying that ground racing should be banned so do your bit um, I mean, I've I've tweeted it a couple of times on on my on my on my Twitter page, so you can go there and, and get the link, or if you DM me, I'll send you the link directly. But it's on the uh, Scottish Parliament website as well, and if you want to search for it on there, it's uh, the petition is is PE one seven five eight, and it's in relation to that.
2: So another plea from us here on Gone to the Dogs podcast: make sure you do fill in the form. I've done mine. Joe's done. his, you do yours.
1: Yes, please. And the good news is, you know, we talked about banning ground racing in Wales. The Valleys reopened on Saturday, which is great news. Obviously, it's not licensed yet, but they've been running as a you know, a hobbyist track and ground racing track for for, for a long time. They've made some of the um, adjustments. So they've got the hair on the outside rail. They had it on the inside before. Mm-hmm. The traps are different. You know, obviously, they've the, some of the facilities are better and it looked like they had a cracking reopening night on Saturday. So if you can get down to the Valleys um, and check it out for yourselves.
2: Absolutely. It's certainly on my list to go and see because um, it might be one of my closest tracks now. No, it probably isn't. But uh, I will be going to see the Valley Greyhound Stadium and I implore you to do the same. So hopefully once the Welsh Parliament have done their evidence based um, report, we should be in with a good chance of seeing GBGB licensed racing at the Valley Greyhound Stadium because they're certainly prepared for it. And I can't wait to see it. Now, I've got a cracking interview coming up here on episode six of Gone to the Dogs. Still can't believe we're on episode six. We've got Grace Wilson and Guy Pearce. Let's dive right in.
1: start with you then grace can you tell us how you got into ground racing was there a specific dog that hooked you in
3: yeah so there wasn't really a dog we got in just from looking for new hobbies to get involved in uh my granddad being from sheffield he used to live in hyde park flats when he was a child obviously looking over hyde park ground stadium when that was still open so he's always been interested in the dogs but then coming out of the lockdown that was Quite a difficult time for us both. I was struggling with my anxiety and my mental health. He was struggling with losing his mum a few months after uh, lockdown. So we decided to finally commit and just get into racing.
2: So it was Sheffield but, that you went to first then?
3: Yeah, definitely. We went on, I think, the 22nd of March was the first time we went. So it's a year today, actually. The first off we watched probably one that I'd say got me hooked, which were Keith's Rocket, actually. Only a little, I think it was an A4 dog at the time, but I absolutely fell in love with him because our waggiest tail was coming up to traps and when he came off, little white and black dog, but he later became Rosie's kennel mate, so I came a bit full circle.
2: I do like the ones with the little personalities. They're usually the ones that hook you in, certainly the ones that stand out maybe in parade, maybe for the wrong reasons. Um, (laughs) Now, Guy, I know that you've got family in the game, but... Have you ever known a time without greyhounds at all?
4: Actually, I can't. Unless when it was an absolute baby when I was in hospital for so long. That's probably the only time without dogs around. I've always had a retired uh, greyhound when I was back living at my mum's. And now I've moved to the kennels, working at the kennels. Just now, even when I was at school, whenever we could get down to the kennels or down to the track, I'd uh, be down there and after football on a Sunday I'd be straight down back down to the kennels opening out feeding uh, there was never a time about it.
2: I love it and uh, what is it about the greyhound racing that you love because I know other people that have been uh, you know brought up around greyhound racing and they may have gone away from the sport because they've been so saturated with it but what's the hook that's kept you with the greyhounds guy?
4: It is just the dogs themselves it's like You'd rather spend your time with a dog than a human. There's less hassle. We can't talk to you, but they always make your day a lot better. It's one of them. I and mean, it's just seeing them run, seeing them happy, just makes your day. That's what I live for. And just I couldn't think of doing anything else.
2: That is great to hear because they do make you happy. I mean, I have a German Shepherd. She won't let me have a greyhound, which is why I don't currently have a retired <laughs> greyhound. But, uh, you know, dogs really do. You you're right, they're definitely better than humans, aren't they, Joe?
1: They, they are indeed, I'll vouch for that. Um do you have any other dogs around, Guy, or is it just greyhounds?
4: It is just greyhounds. My my uncle, back at his ass, he's got a cockpoo and a whippet. And uh, Yeah, it's it is just greyhounds.
1: They are the best breed, sight hounds in my opinion. I'll include whippets in yeah. that as I have too. So <laughs> uh but they're very they're very similar anyway, aren't they?
4: Yeah, just a smaller version. Exactly.
1: <laughs> and what about you grace what's it about ground racing that you love
3: probably the people the people and the dogs obviously we've been visiting all the tracks and met so many fantastic owners and just the general people to go to racing it's the atmosphere really it makes me love going it's what draws me into it
2: more yeah we are very down to earth as dog people and um i've been to sheffield obviously that's where we met grace and it's always a good atmosphere isn't it i think we went was it a Saturday night? It was a Saturday, yeah. And it was just, you know, packed with families and, you know, everybody was talking to everyone. And I feel like you knew pretty much everyone there. Mm,
3: don't really talk to many of them, but <laughs>
2: <laughs> definitely not exist. Uh, now, Guy, you did mention that you were now in the kennels and you're working there. What's it like, like a day-to-day kind of thing? Talk us through a typical day.
4: So you wake up. I wake up 10 minutes before I have to go out because I live on site now. So uh, I'm always getting a call off off Uncle Peter before work. Are you up? Because I've got a tendency to like my sleep. So I get that. So You get up, you, you let let the first lot of dogs out, give them a groom, they look after them, straighten the beds, mop them out, clean any mess up, do the waters. And then you put them away, you get the next lot out repeat the process. Then once they're all away, so you go out, exercise and gallop and walk uh, and of any that wants a massage, give them a massage. And then about around about twelve o'clock you start feeding, love them all back out again, give them the food, and they're all happy and they're quiet and down until around about six, seven o'clock for the evening evening let out.
1: And what about if you go racing guy, how's the routine work
4: then? It's exactly the same because we've got plenty of staff at the kennels. So if, like, like on a Monday, I have to get up at about half past six to get, get the dogs out and have an empty before they go on the van to come to Toaster. The staff at the kennels, they come at eight o'clock still and uh, do the dogs, do exactly the same. Got a very good bunch of staff we have at the minute. But on the Fridays, the one that kills me when we go to Endo in the morning, thankfully, that stops. when we had to get up about ten to four in the morning. That killed Ouch.
1: me. Ouch. And how many people work at the kennels now?
4: Well, I'd say we've got about seven or eight staff. Okay. And how many dogs have you got there? No, I think we've got about 60 to 70. Wow. That's not including the pups. Have you got puppies? Yeah, we've got Pippi's pups in the field.
2: Oh, I'm excited. Uh, how many?
4: I think there's, well, there's quite a few. I think <laughs> there's nine. Nine.
2: Oh, And how old are they now, the pippy Pups?
4: Seven or eight months, I think. But they're beautiful stamp of pups. Some of the nicest looking pups we've had for a long time.
1: Amazing. Do you do anything special with them, you know, outside of the routine that you just mentioned?
4: They're out in the field 24-7, you see. So they run around But probably twice a week. We chuck them down the gallop and they've learned what to do now. So as soon as you chuck them in there, they bomb up and down like one. You, you can soon tell that they're, they, they are special. You can just see them.
2: I really want to see them. I'm coming. I'm coming down.
4: <laughs> Just give me a message, he will let you come down.
2: Oh yeah, can I? Yeah, oh, I I absolutely want to come. Me and Joe will come. Yeah, I think you
4: mentioned it to me one time, but you asked and he said, yeah, anytime.
2: Oh, brilliant!
1: Yes. Well, we are possibly on the lookout for a gone to the dogs dog, aren't we, Danny? So uh, maybe a pippy puppy would <laughs> be uh would be
4: the one. Never know. There might be a Derby dog in there. Hey, you never we'll know. And we
2: might pick it. We'll have that no, one, yes, that one yeah.
4: <laughs> uh, We don't mind as long as it stays. We're all, we're all right. and We get the thrill of the Derby. That's all we want.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: Sold. Absolutely. Okay, that sounds like a deal, guys.
2: Now, Grace, you've got several initiatives you've either kicked off or are starting. We'll start with the first one that's been going the longest, and that is the Greyhound family. What gave you that idea, and, and how does it work?
3: Yeah, I just started that because um, I noticed there wasn't much of a chance for owners and kennel and about what were they doing with their dogs and didn't really have much of a voice in the sport so started it up on twitter first one i think we had fourteen thousand people looking at it to i think it went up to 50 at a time actually on the talk but afterwards
2: thousands listened to it wow
3: um from that it just kind of stemmed out to smaller trainers and people like that really
2: when does it go out so what how does it work if for people that don't know
3: yeah so just on our twitter at Wilson Graham, we every Sunday half past six you just come on really if you can't listen at the time literally a few minutes after the recording goes up on the account anyway you can just listen back to it
2: and I think you can request to be a speaker as well so if you've got anything to say you know I'm just um, thinking of getting involved other people then you can request to speak and and have your say you know i think you can have i think it's up to 10 speakers is it grace yeah we've got
3: close to that before actually yeah i think it's 10 15 at a time
2: yeah so it usually generates a really good chat so if you haven't checked out the twitter space do make sure you do so at wilson greyhound is the place to go it will be in the show notes of course as well and you've just released something quite exciting a couple of days ago. So what's that all about? Alongside the Ground Family Twitter Talk,
3: we've also got the Ground Family Racing Club, which is a panda day, just aiming to get more owners into the sport, whether it be people that currently own dogs or people
2: fresh into it, want to get a dog. And how would they go about getting involved? Would they message you? Would they? How does it work? Yeah, just
3: just drop us a message again on the Twitter at Wilson Graham. And I'll just pass on whatever you'd like to know, really. That was still a new thing. We've not got any other dogs lined up, but we have put our two, uh, Race to Grace and Staying Sharp, forward into it. So it's got two to start with.
1: So is it going to be a collective pot then, Grace? You just pay your money and then you have a number of dogs and you can follow them, find out more. I assume you're going to be sending out in- information, pictures, videos and all this sort of thing?
3: Yeah, so... Obviously, pound day, either every six months or every year, it's up to you really. You don't get sharing one dog, you get information on every dog that we own, whether that be the first one we ever got, so race to race, or the most recent one. That comes with the WhatsApp group, which will have race videos, photos at the track and the kennel, along with some race analysis as well. See how it's been running recently.
1: I know will there be um, kennel visits and meetups on the track and things like that? Is it going to be quite social?
3: It's definitely try and get a bit social. Um, at the minute, we haven't spoke about kennel visits with the trainer, but track visits will definitely be a thing. Track days out, hopefully get one at most tracks, aiming for one at Nottingham next, and then branch out from there, I think.
1: So there'll be coach loads of uh, Greyhound family syndicate members rocking up at, at, at people's kennels in on the track... <laughs>
3: Hopefully. All the money as well. Um, obviously pay annually. That goes towards whatever the dog needs really, whether it be the kennel fees that haven't been covered by run money, if it's been trialing. Um, if it's been off season or for injury, that's also covered, hopefully. But then anything that's left over, we'll be sending it with the dog. We'll buy buy him or new leads, or new bedding, toys, treats, everything it
2: needs to go to whoever wants to retire it. Yeah, certainly sounds like a cracking initiative and um I mean, I know we've got the bubbly syndicate, which is one of the biggest syndicates that, you know, the the country has. But this sounds like it could be an affordable way for people to get involved in greyhound ownership and with loads of updates and or updates, as we say, and everything else. So <laughs> it sounds like a cracking initiative. And um, I think I might be one of the first ones in, unless you've got anybody else. But I think I might be one of the first because <laughs> my two... Well, I've got one that's now retired, so my two are about to be probably this year finding their forever sofas. Um, so I'll be on the lookout to get involved with something else anyway. So you might have come along at exactly the right time, Grace. Yeah, absolutely. But we've also
3: started as well. you um, we have the Ground Family Grader Trophy, which we're hoping to go to every track with. Um, that's for dogs graded A five and below, so A 7s A eight, etc. Um, every dog that runs gets a rosette, with the winner getting both the rosette and a glass vase, sort of thing, glass plaque, just to give owners that extra special experience that we had with our dog, and he was in one.
1: Brilliant. So it sounds to me, Grace, like you've you know you've come into the sport. You've, you've weighed up, you know, what you've enjoyed and you're just trying to replicate that really and, and spread spread the greyhound love to as many people as possible.
2: Yeah, definitely. Now, Guy, you did mention that you'd picked out your own pippy Puppy, but have you got any other shares or do you own any greyhounds or do your family, you know, own quite a few?
4: Well, yeah, uh, I've got one on my sofa at the minute. It was my first ever one. I think it was during the derby he broke his leg, so that was unfortunate. But he's now on my sofa. I've got a share in Salika's Jane. She, were, she was running eight 6 after a season now. Now she's up back up to A2 where she belongs. I think she won about six or seven out of the last nine races. I've got Salika's Liam as well. He's just come off a bit of an injury, but he, he was looking to be a proper nice dog. A2 round toaster, A1. I got it as a Christmas present off Liam Dowling actually last Christmas. And I've just bought a half sharing with Uncle Peter in a bitch puppy over in Ireland. It's got the first litter and one of them looks to be a right nice little uh, little dog. I think the fifth ever run she did twenty seven ninety nine right Handler, which is a good run. So I uh, thought I will grab that. It's very pretty as well. So I well, thought I like I like that one. I'll have that one.
1: Brilliant. Who's who's the who's
4: the breeding on that one guy? I think it's Tully Murray, Trixie and Out of Range. I think that's that.
2: I like Out of Range Progeny, actually. They are uh, they usually do catch the eye.
4: Yeah. Well, it's only an RM because uh, it's the same dad. I think he's called me Steve and he chucks quite a few stayers.
2: And would you plan to maybe add another to the safer then with the little pretty one? Well, you know, when she's obviously retired in the future.
4: No, nah, one's just enough at the minute. No, nah. <laughs> just just the one. He's a pain in the
2: arse.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who is it?
4: Who's the one on the sofa, guy? Uh, Salik is Joe. He's a. Well, if I'm gone for five minutes, he likes to chew my wall or chew my shoes. So it's just a bit of a pain.
1: You tend to find that anyone called Joe's a pain in the arse.
2: You beat me to it, Joe. You beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, yeah, I still choose to work with you so grace obviously you've mentioned in passing the couple of dogs that you own um who are they where are they and what they've been doing recently
3: yeah so we have uh, our first dog uh race for grace uh the name's rosie named after obviously my granddad's mum she was when we were originally looking at her called Helibros niger which roughly translates to i think black christmas rose which is a really fitting name obviously We've- my granddad's mum being called Rose and came along at the right time, really. She's currently an A5 dog at Sheffield with the occasional um, S3, 660 run. But she's doing quite well, I think. She's definitely proving as the weather warms up. But she's a right-cracking little dog. Very, very alert. Can't walk her. She drags me all over. But then we also have staying sharp as well. He is currently D2 at Sheffield, which yet again, another, he's beautiful, lovely big dog, but he knows how to get into treat pockets, he walks backwards, walks sideways, jumps up at you, drop a kangaroo dog, but you know, I just love him, lovely little characters, they might not be the top dog, but brilliant.
1: Doesn't matter what level they are, does it? You know, it's it's all about the grounds their personalities being part of their journey, and you know, it doesn't matter. We said it before, if it's an open win or or an A ten, you know, it all means the same to an owner, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, definitely. And with seeing Sharp as well, he was entered last year into an A five competition when he was doing longer distance, um, which the winner got a jacket and a trophy. I think it was called the I'm Tricky Memorial hosted by Robert Holt. I'm not 100% sure, but I believe it was that one. And he ended up second in the final. And it was just that feeling that we could have had a trophy with him, we could have had a photo with him on the podium. And that's what I'm trying to replicate with our competition. It's that feeling that we had, the excitement we had when he ran. Even if he didn't win it, it's still nice him being in
1: it. 100%. And then having something tangible after like a trophy to take home and, and put on the mantelpiece.
3: Yeah, it's definitely a lot of stories from it. People come round to your house. What's that
2: trophy for? Oh, my dog. My dog, Ben. That's
1: nice the way story, you really. get
2: them hooked into greyhound racing. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully.
1: Right, but st- sticking with you, Grace, um, why do you think it's so important to get young people into into greyhound racing? And what's your advice to people that would be looking to get into the sport, either, well, from an, from an owning dog's perspective?
3: Well from what I've heard from people on Twitter and stuff like that, and how late we came into it really, without the young people, the sport won't really have too much of a future with everything going on, not craziness with all the charities and all aunties and without young people getting on board and signing petitions and stuff like that, there's no chance, we don't really have that much of a chance against them if anything but from an owning dogs perspective, it's just great having more young people in and just giving them that sort of experience and the contacts and just friends you can get out of it as well
1: yeah absolutely and and same to you guy i mean why do you think it's important to get young people into ground racing and from your perspective you know how would you recommend someone who wants to work you know with greyhounds directly and in the industry um what what would your advice be
4: me personally i'd say if you if you want to get involved i'd go down to the track personally uh, because it's hard to get older trainers as I've seen on the GB website I've seen a lot of owners complaining and trying to get into the sport without any without any help so uh, I'd go down to the track if you've got a trainer in mind because uh, they always come back after the race around Toaster through the main gates so people can stroke the dogs after the race but uh, you just talk to the trainer and I'm sure they'd be willing if you wanted to train you up and uh, I'm, I'm sure everyone, most most trainers are very willing to to get more younger people into the sport.
1: Can you see many people, younger people, um, working and coming up through the ranks and, and getting involved, sort of from hands on, um, or or is there a lack of young people wanting to work in ground racing? Would you say?
4: I think it's just a massive lack of it. I think it's like well, my mates have all gone to some of them have applied for university. Some of them are going to, one of them's going down to Wembley to do coaching in football. One's doing sports journalism. Uh, one's an accountant. It's just not there. The, the factor's not there for them to want to get involved. It's a, it's a tricky sport to get involved in. And it's a tricky sport to, to understand where it could take you and everything. So, so what do you think could be done to change that?
1: Do you think there could be a GBGB sort of scheme in place for young people to train and a you know a clear career path?
4: I'd say like there's a lot of tracks in the UK with a lot of facilities, but um I'd I'd use them to for like a youth club in like the nights if you have a youth club on it on in the nights and uh, you just get people involved, people would come want to get off, say they're on the streets in a bad crowd, of in a bad group, They'd come in, watch the racing and say, oh, I, I like that, I want to get involved. It's just something small like that. Or you set up a few pool tables, people are going to come down. I know people, my mates, we'll, we go down to the pub out now and again just to play some pool or play some darts, just something like that. It's just, it's so easy to get people involved, but we just don't do enough of it.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right that we don't do enough to get people through the doors, especially young people. Now, talking about the future and plans for Greyhound Racing, but with your future in mind, so what do you plan to do, Guy, going throughout your career?
4: Me me and Uncle Peter have spoke spoke about it a lot. I eventually want to take over and uh, have my own kennels. And it's always been a dream for me to take over and have my own licence to train. And I could see his buzz when he, when Pippi got to the final and won the two finals in three weeks. His first ever category one. He's tried for so long, and you could just see how happy he was. And it's just it's just something like that just makes you think I really want to do this as a job. It's not about the money. You just want to do it.
1: So so at the moment, guys, is it just a case of learning as much as you can from your uncle? You know, getting your head down and, and working and gaining that experience.
4: Yeah, that's exactly it. i I've, I've learned so much off Liam Dowling when he's come over for the derby. It's just it's, it's things you can't pay to learn. It's it's that's what you like if you ever forgot the mindset of I've I've I know everything, you'll never get anywhere in life. Or oh, I've got to go in there, record this trial.
0: Jay from Adachi Retired Greyhounds. We recently set up the Adachi Retired Greyhounds to coincide with our racing kennel. We are able to rehome greyhounds here directly from ourselves. That way we are able to have a little bit more of an easier understanding of the greyhounds. We are able to cat test the greyhounds as we have an on living cat here who's brilliant with the dogs and that's really enabled us to be able to get um, cat friendly greyhounds out to homes quicker. We also have two small children that um, are always, you know, in and out of the kennels which means the greyhounds here at our kennels are always children friendly and obviously those that aren't were able to quickly identify early on if you want to know more about us you can find us on our socials facebook twitter and instagram at adachi retired Greyhounds. alternatively you can contact me on 077 88 439 776 or email us at adachi kennels at outlook.com many thanks
2: Grace, with regards to your future in the sport, you just told us something quite exciting before we started the interview about a licence you may or may not have taken out recently.
3: Yeah, um, probably next month or two I will be taking out kennel on licence just to do a little bit of and there, maybe a couple of days in the kennel just to get started, but mainly just help people at the track, breeding dogs and doing a little bit here and there really. But I don't think I'll stay on. I just don't think I'll go into training. I want to go more GBGB route. I want to do something more for the owners, more welfare-wise. But at the same time, with everything I'm doing with Twitter talks and everything, really, I want to do a bit of a promotion as well. I want to do a bit, possibly, RPG TV. never know. But I want to go more into that route as well. So it's all a bit in the
2: air, really. Well, you the world's your oyster, isn't it? I, I think if you dabble in quite a few different things then you will find naturally what you want to do um because you never know you might fall in love with being a kennel hand and then think actually training's <laughs> for me you never know grace but i have a i, feeling love- I will <laughs> <laughs> yeah you probably will because when you're around those dogs i mean when joe and i visited david Tissington, i was around those dogs thinking yeah i could do this this would be awesome absolutely um, and then I had a reality check when I got home. But no, um, <laughs> it is it is one of those things. You've got to find what you love. And I do hope that you uh, obviously stay in the sport because I think it's really got into your blood now, hasn't it, Grace?
3: I'm never leaving it. Sport <laughs> so will have to leave me before I leave it. It's a shame we didn't get involved earlier. I would love to visit, visiting like Bellevue and Peterburns, places like that, because all the stories people have from them.
2: I mean Bellevue I can talk to you about because I went there it's my local track and it was great Back Friday and Saturday nights absolutely bouncing from wall to wall and you had loads of people really good atmosphere racing was good you know they used to have the laurels um over the Christmas period and I really enjoyed racing at Bellevue but you've still got plenty of tracks to go and visit so what would be your track to recommend Grace to go and visit Joe?
1: Um, we were talking about this at Monmore on Saturday. I, I think Monmore is a, is a cracking track, but I think you know um, you've got to go to Oxford on a on a Friday night. You know, with a card this Friday or t- tonight when this goes out looks looks brilliant. Now they've changed the traps. It looks like some of the top trainers are now taking dogs. Mark Wallace has got a few amongst others, so uh, you should definitely get to Oxford on a Friday, Grace. But you're planning to visit everyone, aren't you?
3: Yeah, we've done five so far. So we've done Sheffield-Doncaster, or Nottingham and Monmouth now. So trying to do them all. Getting down for, hopefully for Tosa's Derby, getting down for the opening Vascon. But other than that, it's fitting tracks in here and there when we can. Oxford's on the card soon, definitely.
1: Yeah, well, you'll have to let us know when you go because I'll, I'll try and make it and... Uh... Hove, Hove is another one. I haven't been to Hove for, for many, many years, but I will be getting back there there soon because it is a really, really nice track.
3: Yeah, do a lot for younger people at Hove, which is why I quite like it. But only oh, issue is it's about a four hour drive yeah. from where we are. So <laughs>
1: couldn't couldn't be further away, really, could it?
3: Yeah, i won't be getting there for a while. Might wait until summer, have a weekend.
1: Well, you want, to, you want to do like a long weekend, don't you, and tick a few off yeah. when you're in the region and, and maybe do sort of a Central Park as well and 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 a few others.
3: Yeah, definitely. Just tick them off as we go along, really.
1: Or yeah, just you... take a year off and uh, and do a tour, greyhound tour, <laughs> do a blog.
2: Yeah, you and your grand, granddad can get one of those little motorhomes and uh, just go touring the country. It'd be great. Oof, don't say that because I'll get one. <laughs> but also, if don't listen back, could you do? Yeah, that would be great. You know, if you could do like a YouTube kind of series of you and your granddad in in a little motor home, going to all the different ground tracks, that would be class. I'd watch. He it. wanted a he wanted a canoe boat at one point, so take <laughs> so you get to live
1: in one of them. <laughs> right. So, so Grace, what's the one thing that you think is the most important to change? in greyhound racing to get young people involved in the sport
3: well we need gbgb to be more involved if you look on their website sure they've got little bits here and there like this is our trainers look at this video and wow so amazing but there's nothing actually saying this is what you need to be a trainer this is how much money it will cost overall if you want a basic kennel this is how much land you'd need this is how much like you have to know the right people to ask these questions and see where you're going there's nothing really on the website to help anyone like we struggled getting started it was just a case going down to track get a list of trainers visit them all see we fancied but it shouldn't be like that it should be you can find everything on our website see what you need
1: yeah, so, so basically just a beginner's guide to ground racing and every facet of, of the industry where you can go and have a look and understand what's needed to, to be involved.
3: Yeah, definitely. Or I mean, Even if you didn't want to put people's contact numbers on the website for obvious reasons, just put an email on for someone you can message in GBGB and just send them an email. This is what I want to do. Who can I contact? Just little things like that would be useful.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and guy, what same question to you, really? What's the one thing that you could change um, if you could to get young people into the sport?
4: It's not how the sports run; it's how it's presented. If you know what I mean, it'd be instead of a a night out, bet and booze, it I'd I'd do it like a night out, yeah, socialise. Everything should just be different. I'm not saying enough. Everything's wrong with it at the minute, but there's a lot of things with how. The sports presented to people outside at the minute. It's like it should be a nice night out. You socialise. You obviously you win a few bets. You either go home with losing a bit of money, you go home with a bit more money. It does it does just create you. It's more presented to older people than younger people, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, but but I mean, how would you how would you present it to the younger people then? Like from from your point of view, what do you think would get your mates that you mentioned earlier? You know, accountants and going, to, you know, uni students, and that, how would you get them through the door?
4: I'd um, make it a bit more sporty because people my age are more into the sports now. So let's say, oh, you've got live live Sky Sports on. You've you've got the boxing on. You've got the football on. Yeah, there's some pool tables. So let's say they want to play a bit of pool. Or play a bit of darts oh, f- every, between every 15 minutes or 20 minutes of the race. Oh, we we'll go out, we can have a little bet on this race. Uh, we'll go back and let's finish a game of pool. It's just little things like that, I think.
2: Yeah, because that's the way you'd get somebody hooked on the sport as well, because you're there, you're having a social time with your mates, you're playing a bit of pool, and then you see the dogs, and there might be a space jet there or, you know, a dog that just. Captures the imagination, and that's it. You're hooked.
4: That's exactly it. It's just even your graded dogs. You, they might come from last to first, or they go something that's just taken off, and you think, wow. You just think, wow. That's all. All it's got to do.
1: But you're not going to get hooked if you're not there in the first place.
4: That's it. I've taken. I've taken my mates to the dogs a couple of times, and uh, they, they'd go back, but nothing's there for him to go back to see
2: and therein lies the issue absolutely i think we need a better atmosphere more sport like you say a little bit more to do at the dogs that's maybe an addition to watching the greyhound. so put a dartboard up or you know different things like that that could be a a really good idea if anybody's listening right we're going to do something different with you two than we've done with anybody else and we're going to do a very quick quick fire round so I'll come to you first, Guy. What is your favourite track?
4: Uh, toaster.
2: Grace, favourite track? It's gotta be. It's gotta be Sheffield, to be honest. What about your favourite dog, Guy?
4: salika's Punch.
2: Grace, hard to pick just one. Um... Quick
3: fire. Oh, Grace? Gotta be ours. Staying sharp.
2: Staying sharp. <laughs> okay. going to
3: be ours on it.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean. I would have hoped it was. And what is your favourite race distance, Guy?
4: Uh, Seven twelve round Toaster or six eighty round Nottingham with just an average six bends.
2: And Grace, I would
3: have said the same or hurdles. Whatever the hurdles distance is at Crayford,
2: all of the hurdles. It doesn't matter how long or short. <laughs> I love the hurdles, so you get you get full marks, Grace. So thank you very much. That is done. <laughs> Um, thank you for your quick fire round and um, we're going to end with our final question Joe, take it away
1: Yeah, so I just want to know Danny and I, where do you see yourselves within the Greyhound world in five years time? Grace, starting with you
3: Hopefully employed in some way or another within it, whether it be just doing kind of land still or doing more promotion, not really to fuss, just as long as I'm still involved Definitely still doing all the Twitter talks and all the TikTok and God knows what else I'm doing at the minute, but just doing, still doing all that, definitely.
2: So you just see yourself in the sport in whatever capacity they'll have you?
3: <laughs> yeah, definitely.
2: As and... much as they want before they can have. <laughs> Sounds good to me. And uh, Guy, where do you see yourself in five years' time in the sport?
4: Hopefully a trainer with a Category 1, hopefully. But... You never know. As long as I'm a trainer, it would just be nice.
2: Well, good luck. Uh, I wish you well in both of your future careers. It's going to be uh, fascinating to see how you get on as a trainer guy. When you uh... when can you take out your licence, just as an aside?
4: Uh, I think it could be maybe another two or three years.
2: Do you have to do a certain amount of experience as a kennel hand first?
4: Uh, I think... When this August, when I'm 18, I'll have done mm. my two years of the Kennerland. So I think then I'll be I'll have to do head Kennerland, then assistant trainer, something like that. Ah,
2: okay. So there is a progression, it's just not yeah. a necessarily well known progression and it's not no. very clear. I, do I don't
4: know think, that. Oh, I think, this, I don't think you might not have to do it. I think it's just there on the sheet, but I think. Well, that's something else. You want to be a trainer. You want to come in the sport, maybe 18, 19, 20. You're going to have to be 25 by the time you want to train your own dogs.
2: Yeah, that is a long time,
4: isn't it? Yeah. Hmm.
2: But I wish you well, and hopefully it is sooner rather than later that you do get that trainer's license.
4: Thank you.
1: I'll just say now that, uh, you know, thanks to both of you for joining us, Grace and Guy. It's really good to hear from uh, we keep saying young people but 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 youngsters in the sport that are involved and obviously you're both doing the right things guy you're already working hard with the dogs directly you know as, as a kennel land, working with your uncle absorbing as much knowledge as possible and grace you know since you've come on the scene obviously you know it's fantastic what you're doing with the promotions the ground family talk trying to get new owners into the sport on an affordable basis and everything else that you've got planned getting your kennel and license yourself and just getting involved you know that's the best thing for people to do if they want to be involved in ground racing just roll up your sleeves and get involved as much as possible
2: yeah definitely thank you
4: thank you both it's been fascinating thank you thank you for you two about having us on pleasure
2: area covered with the young people in the sport and more things that we can do really hope you enjoyed the interview with grace and guy two very enthusiastic greyhound lovers that we need to encourage um you know to to stay in the sport and to encourage more people to get into it joe
1: For sure, Danny, and I'd say if there's any other young people that listen to the podcast, let's hope that they do, and anyone's got any ideas of how they think they could improve the sport or get people involved, then we're all ears. Please get in touch with us, tweet us, and we'd happily read some of them out on the next podcast.
2: And if you want to be on the podcast, let us know. You know, if you've got any stories you want to tell, any um, interesting angles into the sport that we've not yet covered, then do get in touch with us. Our contacts are in the show notes. And also, if you've liked the podcast, um, previous episodes, this episode, do make sure you like, subscribe. And if you can leave us a review, that helps us massively in the charts and potential sponsors might actually come knocking on the door. But we can live in hopes, can't we, Joe? We can. (laughs) Now, the biggest race of this weekend... Is the Arena Racing Company Kent Plate Final, and this is one heck of a lineup. Trap one, we see Droopy's Google. Trap two, Hope's Paddington. Trap three, Claire Keith Remy. Trap four, Koshice. Trap five, from Poster Pillar, and trap six, Arcady. And I was just looking through uh, to remind myself exactly what happened in the semis, and the two semi-final winners did the exact same time, Joe. This is going to be a race to savor.
1: Wow. What a final this is. Yeah. 4.23 on Sunday. Set your alarms. Make sure you watch it. This is brilliant. I mean, you've got two of the top three in the market for the, for the Derby anti-post going head to head. It's just, a, it's just a brilliant race. It really is. You've got, as you say, droopers Google in one, the young pretender, just a pup, hopes Paddington, who's been brilliant. You know, the blue Ribboned winner, um, Fantastic early last week in the semi-final. He's just a brilliant competition dog. It's Just going to be so hard to keep him out of the of the frame in the in the Derby or any competition. Mm-hmm. It really is. Um, and then obviously, you know, from post to pillar came third in the semi-final, but met so much trouble. He did. It was a miracle he came third, to be honest, and, and qualified. You know, an Arcady is a very fast dog. Coaches and and Claire Keith Remy are no back numbers at all. You know, anyone could win this. It's going to be brilliant. I mean. I have, I'm not after timing, I always say, I don't like an after time, but on my Twitter, (laughs) I am on Claire, Keith, Remy and Arcady with my two anti-post bets at 40-1 to and 20-1 to respectively. So I'm really pleased with that and I won't be having another bet in the final because of that. But just Mm -hmm. looking at the odds at the moment when we record, you know, from post to pillar, five to four, I doubt you've got much five to four about from post to pillar in in many of his races so far. Hopes Paddington, two to one, Arcady, 13 to two. I, I think, you know, if I was going to have a bet now, I'd probably back coach Paddington at two to one. I think I think that's the price. He he keeps winning. As I said, he didn't get out the best last time, but his pace of the first bend was incredible when he sees out the trip well. Um, but it, I, don't know, I don't know what to say. Just brilliant, brilliant final. What do you think, Danny? Who are you on? Who's your money with?
2: I mean, my heart is with Droopy's Google because I love Droopy's Google. And I don't think he got the best of the runs last week. He's not always the best away, it has to be said. And he has got pace to his outside in hopes Paddington. If he cracks out with a 419 split, Droopy's Google's going to have to settle for second round, the first. And he did get a bit of a crowd last time as well. I think he'll be fine from box one, Droopy's Google. But I'm going to go with the bookends. So I'd be with one and six either way. Uh, Arcady, for me, I think, has got the draw out wide. Um, he won from box five in the semi final. And I mean, he did just hold on. He's lightning from the boxes. He should be probably the one to beat into that first bend. And it's it's whether or not from poster pillar gets the break and gets the breaks throughout the race. You know that yeah. he manages to avoid the trouble because if he does, I mean, this dog is just serious. <laughs> he's just unbelievable, isn't he? From poster pillar, he's the post Derby the Derby post favorite. He's you know a Derby dog in the making, but. He just ran into all sorts of trouble last week and I still don't think he's got the best of the draw. He's sandwiched in between two middles this week and I think that's going to be a problem for him. So I'd be looking for maybe Droopy's Google to get a lead in with Hopes Paddington and maybe Arcady on the outside to actually lead the field round. So I'd maybe go a 1-2-6 combination tricast. That's what I quite like to do with these big finals and I think that's the way I'm going to play it on Saturday actually.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think from post to pillar, has got a pretty nasty draw in five here with, you know, he probably don't know what coach Ease is going to do, but Arcady should certainly beat him to the, to the bend. And he might find himself in a, in a world of pain then. Um, and mm. he'll do well to qualify. And, you know, this isn't a semi-final or a heat. This is the final now with top dogs, you know, Hopes Paddington is, um, you know, just, just as good as him and, and the other dogs too. So um, yeah, I think you're right, which is why I think hopes Paddington is is probably the play for me. But um, uh, Arcady's got a great draw. Hope Arcady can do it. Really like this dog, and Claire Key for me wouldn't be a bad result for me personally either. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. You never know.
2: You never know, um, especially in greyhound racing, doesn't always go to script, does it? As I have found out uh, as a commentator for many many years, I have it usually, especially with the big cat ones and things. I usually have it in my mind how I think a race is going to play out. And I was thinking about the puppy derby in particular on Saturday. And I was thinking, I think this is the way it's going to play. And it did. And I couldn't believe it because there were six puppies in a row. (laughs) But I could not believe that it actually all went to script. So it doesn't usually. um...
1: Sometimes it does.
2: (laughs) Well, sometimes it does. And actually, I was saying this on air on Saturday night. I was saying I've not had a bet in the race because they're puppies. They're still unpredictable. And then they went and did the most predictable thing I'd ever seen. And you know, and you think, well, I should have had that bet, shouldn't I, on Brady's bullet, at five to one. But hey-ho, um, yeah, we'll see how this combination tri goes at the weekend. One, two, and six for me. But yeah, Droopy's Google, if I had to nail down to a selection, Droopy's Google would be the one for me. I don't think we've got, Eight got to any... to one. How Eight much? to one,
1: Danny. Eight to one.
2: Might have a cheeky two pounds on that
1: one. <laughs> it's worth a couple of quid,
2: Do you fancy it. Oh, yeah, I think he certainly is, to be fair. Yeah, I'm with Droopy's Google. There you go. Right, Joe, I think that's everything for the big betting news this week.
1: Yeah, there's some good racing tonight at Oxford and plenty of good open racing across the weekend. But in terms of competitions, we were spoiled. Last weekend, and, and we're a little bit a little bit quieter now, aren't we? Um, I, I think we've got a few Steel City Puppy Derby coming up, the the Ark Northern Flat um, Champion Hurdle soon. You'll be pleased to know the Ladbroke's Champion Hurdle and the Ladbroke's TV Trophy as well. So there is plenty of stuff coming up, but but this weekend there's not not a whole lot to discuss. However, we you know it's made up for with the final that we've got coming up on Sunday.
2: It certainly, certainly is. So do enjoy the final on Sunday. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast as much as we have enjoyed putting it all together. Once again, like, subscribe, and do leave us a review. Joe, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you very much.
1: Likewise, Danny, and speak to you soon. Thanks, everyone.
0: Thanks for listening to Gone to the Dogs, released every other Friday. For more info or to reach out on Twitter, Follow at Totally Betting and at Danny V Jackson Podcast produced and edited by Joe Andrews and Danny Jackson, voiceover by Katie Harvey.